welcome to the final pre-World Cup Soccer Neophytes episode. We have a major announcement, a shocking development. We're also going to do a first half-ish review. And how is the World Cup break going to affect the table? Gentlemen, how's it going? Hey, hey. Good, man. How are you doing, Nate? I'm good. We got Andy here. Andrew is uh, recovering from <laughs> illness. It's been a nightmare. It's, it's been- by the way, I, was, uh, I read a tweet once that said, anybody who says they would never wish this illness on their worst enemy doesn't have a worst enemy. I would wor- wish this on my worst enemy. <laughs> Um, but it's still awful. I'm just saying, but yeah. oh, I absolutely, I've, I've got like five or six worst enemies. I'd, I'd wish it all. Oh, nice. Nice. Chris, how you doing, man? You healthy? Yeah, I'm doing good. I was up in the mountains all weekend. Um, so my soccer access was a little limited. Um, but yeah, so we're barely weekend... going to be talking about the weekend. What's that? Oh, I said, we're barely going to be talking about the weekend. So you're fine. Then I am the man for your pod. Yeah, you are. Um, but before we go into that, we have a major, major development uh, for our listeners. It will come as no surprise, but it still is. It's the first time in soccer neophytes history that this has happened. So um, I feel like we need like the old timery, like breaking news, like this is Nate Hughes. I have one of those. I used it. I used it before. Remember we had Stu report from the field. We had Stu report from the field and I used that for that, but maybe I'll find a breaking news one to put here. So Andrew, we're just going to skip over West Ham Lester. Screw those teams. Who cares? What a, what a boring match. What a waste. Those, yeah. those teams are a waste. And uh, Andrew, why don't you, why don't you uh, give us the breaking news? Uh, I guess the breaking news is that I've officially declared for Tottenham. I am uh, throwing my hat into the ring. Is that it? <laughs> I guess. Into the hat bin? I don't know. Uh, if you want to know what absolutely sealed it for me is when they won on my birthday with that comeback and to mm-hmm. celebrate my girlfriend bought me these um, Tottenham pajamas <laughs> and they're the most comfortable pajamas I've ever owned. And I'm like, I guess it's fate. So anyway, go Spurs. Well, we uh, we've never had someone choose so quickly. I mean, really, I think you chose after the second week and we and you basically uh and I think your girlfriend did have a lot to do with it. You're kind of sh- you're kind of shoehorned in once you started having clothing that had yeah, spurs on. I can't I can't change now. But no, honestly, even on the ones they lost, I still enjoyed the matches and they've been competitive. I've never been bored watching a Spurs match, um, and I can't say that about any of the other teams. All of the other teams. I mean, City is not boring, but no. um, I don't want to jump all the way to the front of the line, right? No, no. Arsenal's not boring, but 
I mean, I obviously declared a little too early for Arsenal to even be a shot. Um, Newcastle's entertaining, um, but I hate their kits. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm never going to get over it. Um, It's fine. uh, I don't like the Beatles, so no Liverpool. And Brighton, I'd never heard of. Chelsea, eh, I didn't like their kits either. Um, Yeah, so I uh, I guess I didn't have a choice. You didn't, but you did. And what are some of the things? I mean, obviously you enjoyed, uh, you enjoyed their style of play, but what else? What else? Uh, well, their you... style of play is both my favorite and least favorite thing about them. And it was evidenced in uh, the two first goals of the match against um, Leeds this week. Uh, their first two goals, the thing Tottenham likes to do is immediately, as soon as they think they have possession, they immediately sprint in the opposite direction. They, they, they make the mistakes of leaving before they've secured the ball because their whole offense seems to be based on like a breakaway type of like seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns type of, of scoring. Because of that, they leave themselves open to so many stupid mistakes and not enough defenders back if they don't have possession. So it's, that was like the first two goals that Leeds had. They were both just stupid. They jumped the gun and uh, I both love and hate that they're trying to push the envelope that way. I just wish they were a little bit more disciplined. That's what I like about them. Um, another thing I, I think, like about let me them. just say, let me just say this. I think, I think in my experience of four plus years of supporting wolves or however long it's been, um, I think a good love hatred for a club actually is a good sign. Sure. Of, not hatred, of course, of them, but ability like to criticize frustration, yeah. Madness inducing. Uh, those are all things that, that are good signs of fandom. So what else, what else? Tell us what else. Um, well, obviously I, I love Harry Kane. Yeah, you do. He's such a great man. Um, I really like Loris at the beginning of the season, but yeah. um, he's, he's, he's been letting a couple of goofy ones in and it's been driving me nuts. Cause he's, he's the captain of the team. And at times he's brilliant. And at times he's just like, he lets the stupid ones in. So that drives me nuts. Hey, there's the love hate again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Son, of course, uh, love him and hate him too. And I hated him for the most first half of the season, loved him for a lot. And then he got injured and now he's going to have to, you know, figure something out. Um, ben Kerr uh, is good. Is By a, the way, this- just as a side note about, about injuries, that's something that I don't think there's, we have any, uh, there's no precedent for this. There's no precedent for a world cup in the midst of a season. And I think, and I feel, and at least wolves have experienced this. And I think sun's a great example of another one of injuries that are maybe, not quite as serious as they would be were there not a world cup wolves have Raul Jimenez and it's been a big joke. Like Raul's been in Mexico training and preparing. He's supposedly been, he's been unavailable for wolves for, for months and he's named to the Mexico world cup squad. Son's been out, but he's going to feature probably for South Korea. So, uh, it's unprecedented a little bit. James Madison over the weekend, he went down in the middle of a match and it looked bad. And there was speculation he wasn't going to be on the world cup squad because of his injury. 
And then it was just revealed like, no, it wasn't serious. I just, I just didn't want to further aggravate it. These guys who, you know, their hopes are to play for their country and uh, they're not taking any risks. So it's really, really interesting. So just to the sun point, I think, and since this is a world cup themed episode, um, I think it's important to know. So along those lines, then do you think um, what's his name? Uh, the guy who got two yellows, uh, Tyler Adams. Oh, Tyler Adams. Uh, 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 from Leeds. Do you think yeah. he uh, did it to get the seventh so that he's out for boxing day? <laughs> Maybe he just wanted a little extra break. We should check. Actually, to see only, he got it's his... only five. It's only five. But... Oh, it's only five. Yeah. Now I want to look him up and see, hold on. I'm going to check. I but wonder, I think, I, I... but I, but it's a red card. So he misses a match because of the red. So that's oh, so he misses the 26th anyway. Yeah. So it's like, I want oh, an extended God. break, which let's be honest, as much as I want America in the U S of a to do well, he may get an extended break, not of his choosing. So, Oh, is he an American? Yeah. Tyler Adams is American. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. He had a good match until he lost his mind and got a second yellow card. That's and then... second one. His reaction after that, it was yeah. so, I mean, obviously we're jumping to red card. That's his reaction full on does the like junior high hallway trip of the guy. Yeah. And then immediately just drops his head and is like, you see him like for a split second, almost like start to argue. Do like, I want to go through he, this? He threw his hands out. Like I didn't do it. And then he just dropped his head and was like, I'm an idiot. Yeah. This is a waste of time. And that effectively ended the match, I guess, to wrap up that discussion because uh, Tottenham really was up 4-3 and then they were playing a man down. So, yeah. Well, anything else you want to say about your fandom before we move on to a couple other matches over the weekend? Um, I really, really like that pub. I oh, really yeah. Like the, I really like the fans of that pub. I really like the people there. Great. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it. When they uh, – <laughs> I've gotten to know the owner pretty well. Uh, when, they, when they played Man United, uh, three guys with United – uh, Kits walked in and the owner just walked right up to him and said, fellas, you can stay, but I don't want to hear a goddamn word. That's and they great. Say peep the whole time. <laughs> I mean, they were outnumbered like 80 to three. So, yeah. Yeah. I like still- that though. Like I was at the Arsenal pub this weekend with Titus, but they told me I couldn't wear wolves gear. So actually I wore, I wore ASU gear because <laughs> it was basically like the same colors. And I knew I could get away with it because the, the Arsenal pubs in Tempe, But, uh, yeah, they said, don't wear it. Like, which I can't understand. Like if people are causing shit and like starting fights and being idiots, like this is your, like your sanctuary, your sanctuary. So, but, but I would like, I do like the idea of, Hey, if you're going to be cool, you're welcome to stay. But as soon as you make a scene, you're out like just no tolerance rule. So that's great. Yeah. And that to me, honestly, like for me choosing wolves, that was one of the huge factors, the friends I've made and the way the fan, the, the Wolverhampton fans have embraced me and like become my friends was a huge factor to, to enjoying football, you know? So. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's nice. And again, it's really close to my house too. So it's easy and it's a nice sense of community. I like it. Yeah, no, that's great. Those are great reasons to choose a team. So also my favorite Red Sox bar went out of business after the owner got a divorce. It was called, uh, you'll like this. It was called Nate's third base. It was named after you, obviously. No, um, 
And then uh, he lost the bar in the divorce, so she was going to change it to Destiny's Third Base, and everybody's like, I can't spend money there. It sounds like a strip club. And uh, it, it was just the best Boston bar. I saw Game 7 of the Stanley, uh, uh, Stanley Cup uh, um, uh, Bruins versus uh, the Canadiens. No, 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 obviously that's Montreal versus uh, uh, Vancouver. And it was elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder. They brought out a bunch of cases of champagne and everybody was just popping corks and spraying everything. The bar was sticky for a month. One of the best non-live sports experiences I've ever had. Oh, and it went that. out. So now I got to find a new pub and this one's it so far. Well, that's great. Well, we love that. So with that announcement, uh, we are going to be adding, we have, we have six weeks and actually we've already found a neophyte to get him up to speed, but we're going to be introducing a new neophyte to watch the second half of the season. Uh, it's a friend of Chris's, his name is Kyle. So that shouldn't be confusing at all. Not that the other Kyle ever, uh, appears here, but, uh, He's going to be joining us post-World Cup. He is very skeptical of soccer. He basically only watches the World Cup and has never watched anything else. So I'm excited. We'll introduce him in the first episode post-World Cup. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like, uh, no offense to Andrew at all, but he is kind of uh, the wheelhouse of what we're really looking for because I legitimately – if you were asking me to place a bet right now on what he ends up doing, I'm will I would bet on him saying soccer is the worst thing he's ever seen in his entire life and that we're a bunch of morons for recording this podcast and he's out. Yeah, cuz Andy jumped right in. He was like five oh. minutes a weekend like yes. Yeah. Andy Guys, you put a I, I am not You put I'm not afraid of commitment here people. I am really good at you ask me to do a job, I get it done. You, you did a full season's worth of, uh, that's why you were able to choose a team because you did a full season's <laughs> worth of watching, uh, in the first, uh, 15 weeks. So I've watched every single team at least once. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it helped also that, you know, he knows Spurs are not going to win the league so he could pick them right now. And be <laughs> totally. <okay>. totally. <laughs> that's great. Well, there were a couple other matches I wanted to touch on real quick before we jump to our world cup talk. Um, the other team with a very great final comeback victory was United. Chris, I know you didn't get to see the whole thing, but um, I'm sure you watched the highlights extended. So, yep. Uh, any thoughts you want to say about that that victory for United? Uh, good to get the win. Um, probably shouldn't have been that close. I, it's always tough when you're watching like extended highlights because they still only show you like tiny little windows uh, from everything I kind of gathered from what was going on online. A lot of fans thought they should have put the game away in the first half that it should have never even been that close in the second. Uh, really cool to see Garnacho come on and, and get that goal. And it was a pretty one, even the, the, uh, the first goal, Erickson scored his first goal for United. Another, a beautiful, beautiful goal, just an awesome assist from Bruno. Um, but you know, once again, Ronaldo plays zero minutes and then sets the world on fire. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like United wins. Ronaldo doesn't play. Therefore, he goes to the media and blows stuff up however he can. So I got to think this is the nail in the coffin for him. Um, I don't see any way that he can come back from this. There's rumors. I mean, the full interview hasn't even come out yet, so God knows what else he says in there, but all the snippets that are coming out are not good. 
Uh, United had to release a statement this morning saying they're going to wait for all the facts to come out before they do anything. Uh, another report is that they're going to fine him a million dollars and probably ship him out during the transfer window. Uh, I tweeted today, look, Ronaldo's not an idiot. He knows what he's doing. Totally. He's, he's wanted to leave since, uh, you know, the summer he wanted to try and get into a, a Champions League team. That didn't happen. I still don't see him going to a Champions League um, Champions League team. Um, but there's going to be a club out there that does want him. So I do fully expect him to go. He knows what he's doing. This was the way to seal his fate and, you know, shut the grave on it, it by attacking the manager who's actually made them look really good this season. So by doing that, you know, you've sealed your fate. You know, they don't play again until the 26th of December. And then magically the transfer window opens January 1. So uh, calculated move. He knows what he's doing. I get it. Uh, it's just sad that it had to come to this, really. Totally. It seemed inevitable. In some ways, right. he's like the Motinho. Yeah. Like, not, uh, like, just inevitably going to burn the house down. Yeah, and it's like it, the, the Mourinho, Mourinho. Sorry, I missed, missed yeah. it's okay. It's a lot, um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like I know a lot of the stuff that he said, or at least those clips that are being released by Piers Morgan and his team. Um, a lot of it's true. You know, the ownership stuff he talks about, the state of the club for the last you know ten years now, or close to ten years since Sir Alex left. There's going to be a lot of truth in there. The thing that you hate to see is him going after like the current team and the current management system, which has been such a breath of fresh air for United fans, considering what they've gone through in the last 10 years. Uh, it's just sad that that this is where it's at. Like, I wish he would have attacked the club ownership because everybody hates them. Yeah. Like, if he were truly smart, he would have just gone after the owners and the infrastructure and the training grounds and all that stuff and left Eric Ten Hag and the current squad alone, but he couldn't help himself, I guess. Yeah, he couldn't help himself. And in some ways, like, I haven't, I, I don't remember if we talked about this on an earlier podcast, but, you know, we haven't been fans long enough to be really, I think, embedded into the R Ronaldo Messi debate. We're seeing both of them at the tail of their careers. But in some ways, like, if it's a draw going into the final few years, Messi is going out with class and playing like still at a really high level for a champions league team granted in a weaker, in a weaker league. So I think that's some of the hit on Messi is like, he never played in the premier league. So can we really know how good he is? But I would always rather see someone go out with class than the way Ronaldo is going out. No doubt. No doubt. And we talked about it before the season, you know, he's kind of, or in the last season, you know, he's, he's kind of a very controversial figure as it stands. He's loved by a lot and despised by a lot. And it's not necessarily just because of the stuff on the pitch either, like very complex individual off the pitch. Who's been accused of some disgusting things. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting to see this, this side of his personality come out. Uh, you know, he didn't, there was no peeps about, you know, out of his mouth last season when he was getting run out there for 90 minutes a game and just force fed balls and scoring here and there. 
you know, uh, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't care that the, that is one of the worst seasons in club history because yeah. he was playing and scoring. He didn't care about that. But as soon as, you know, a manager comes in and says, you know, we're not just going to, we're not the Ronaldo show. It's not what we're doing. We're going to build a team. We're going to play team ball. All of a sudden he doesn't want to be there and is discontent. So uh, pretty sad. Yeah. Well, good win for United and I'm sure Ronaldo will not be there in the second half of the season. Let's go. Um, the other big match, I think, to talk about, maybe a couple other things just to highlight. Uh, Newcastle with a good 1-0 win. They are uh, solidly in third. Uh, City losing to Brentford. I watched some of that match, and Brentford actually played very well against them. It wasn't a match that uh, it felt like they kind of snuck away with one. They really played really really well and so good win good win for brentford and then arsenal 2-0 over wolves um that gives them a five point lead heading into the world cup break which i think is is pretty remarkable and definitely none of us saw that coming speaking of seeing things coming uh we are going to do a brief look at uh kind of a first half review uh look at some of the predictions some of us made before the season um and give give a little recap of that uh i looked back and out of all of us who made season long predictions only Kyle had Arsenal and Man City as the top two teams, he just happened to have them flipped. He had city at number one and arsenal at number two. So, uh, I think good job by Kyle. And then Chris, you, when we're looking at the number three team at Newcastle, you were the one who had picked Newcastle highest at the table. You picked them six going into the season. Uh, so well done there. Thank you. Thank you. And that feels right about where they're going to finish. So they could. Yeah. I mean, they're, they still look strong. So probably world cup comes at a bad time for them. They've won five straight and they probably want to keep playing, but uh, relegation zone. Tim is the only one who's picked more than one. Uh, a couple of us had picked Everton, Everton sitting at 17. Um, but Tim had Southampton and forest in the relegation zone and Chris also for you, you were the one who picked wolves who currently sit at 20th. You picked them lowest out of all of us. You picked them at 15th. So well done. Well, done. I still well, believe, I still believe don't worry. I do too. I do too. Um, speaking of wolves, the wolves award, uh, most of us picked forest uh, to win the wolves award, which they are not in that position right now, but Tim, Tim picked Fulham and they're currently in the lead as the, as the highest uh, ranked or highest on the table. Uh, newly promoted team. And then finally, I want, I looked back at some of our hot takes and um, Tim probably has the worst hot take which was Holland will not immediately be godlike. And 
we quickly learned that he was immediately godlike in the league. And then there were some other good hot takes, but I think mine is probably the hottest. Everton is going to get relegated this year. They're currently in 17th. And I said Wolves are one more injury away from relegation. And Pedro Neto and Sasha Kalajic both went out. Raul hasn't played much and Wolves are in 20th. So those hot takes, whether they were, I don't know if they were super, super hot, but they are at least looking somewhat likely. Anything else uh, from the first half of the year? Uh, biggest surprises, guys, or uh, that could be both could go both ways. It could be teams. It could be players. Uh, what team has surprised you positively, or player? What team or player has surprised you negatively? Well, I can go first. Um, Fulham, because they were just promoted, has um, impressed me several times throughout the season. Um, I've enjoyed watching their matches. They look like they can hang with just about anybody. Yeah. Um, based on the way all of you guys talked about Wolves, especially, as you said, Chris had them at 15, and that was the lowest. I'm stunned that they're this bad. Um, let's see, what else do I got? Newcastle. I can't get enough of watching Newcastle matches. They're really fun. They're incredibly talented. Ugly kits, I'll say it every single time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know enough to be stunned by Arsenal, but I'm actually blown away by how consistent they've been. They're 12-1-1. They, yeah. they don't turn the ball over very much. They, they're faster than any team that I've watched on a regular basis. They're, they're incredible. Um, I hate that they're that good. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, how about you? Um, I got, I'm looking at the table right now. I mean, Fulham's a shock, um, for them to be as high as they are, you know, almost halfway through the season is super impressive. And they've considering what we watched them do the last time they were up here two years ago, it's even more impressive, but the fact that they've been entertaining to actually watch, um, yeah. It is super impressive for them. So they're, they're kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, I'm, I'm surprised and disappointed by Chelsea and Liverpool right now. Mm. Um, Liverpool's jumped up the table, so they don't look as bad as they did a couple weeks ago. Um, but still they're playing disappointing football. I mean, right. We can, everybody considered them a contender. Everyone was man city, Liverpool again for the, fourth straight, fifth straight year. So for them to be down as far as they were, and even now sitting in sixth um, is not great for them. So I don't know. Everything else is kind of <clears throat> played out a little bit, kind of how I think we expected. I didn't expect wolves to be good. I didn't think that it'd be this bad. So hopefully it's an injury situation, not an actual lack of complete talent. Um yeah, it's going to be a really fun second half of the season with the games coming, you know, fast and furious almost twice a week a lot of times. Um, but should be a fun, fun little uh, sprint to the end. And I think 
maybe for the first time since we've been following Nate, we're going to, I feel like we're going to have a race. We're going to have a race to the finish finally. Well, we had a good one last year. It came down to the last, last match. Remember? I don't remember. I was sleeping. <laughs> yeah. It was like the last match. Remember Liverpool, like that match, Walt, Liverpool and city. It's okay. Yeah. I will like, that was I don't game. think anybody ever actually thought. There were moments in those matches where Liverpool was like about to be champion. I don't, I, I don't feel that that's accurate, but it is. It is. It, is, it, is it for sure is. So, um, yeah. Anyways. Um, all right. Well, we're getting a race. Yeah, no, it's, we it's, like races. And I think maybe more, maybe more to the point is that we have a race with different teams, yeah. right? It's not just city Liverpool this year yes so that that's fun um for me i think yeah biggest surprise is newcastle obviously everyone knew that they were gonna spend money but honestly they didn't they spent money but they spent it really wisely and they look they look great that newcastle is the most off-sided team by wolves fans because last year at this time newcastle had 10 points and I think we're sitting at bottom of the league or close to bottom and wolves have, have 10 points right now. So there's a lot of like hope around that, that, you know, with the right additions, right management, um, a team can be turned around. So, uh, for me, Newcastle's biggest surprise team and biggest surprise, um, negatively is West Ham. I'm just really surprised at how poor they have been, that they're that close to the relegation zone. Um, so I'm, I'm really surprised by them. As far as players go, um, my most surprising player is Tim Ream. I can't believe he's the captain of, Liver, or of Fulham. I can't believe that their defense is decent. I thought he was maybe their worst player. Uh, back two seasons ago and I'm just really impressed with him and really surprised. And then as far as disappointments go, I'm going to go with Jesse Lingard. I really thought he was going to do great at forest and he's been such a disappointment and really, really poor. And so, uh, yeah, I really expected him to do, to do better. Guys, to wrap up, uh, before we jump into World Cup stuff, guys, who do you think is the next manager to be sacked? Frank Lambert, Everton. Um, they keep getting worse and worse. They've shown no signs of improvement whatsoever. He, was, he came in mid-year, right? Yep, mid-year and last year. He's shown no improvement. They're at 14 points right now. They're playing like garbage every single week. I don't know what he's taught, telling him to do, but it's not working. Yeah, I think that that is a very good call, Andrew. Um, just to throw another name out there, even though I think Frank Lampard sounds about right, um, David Moyes at West Ham. They, I mean, you just talked about how disappointing their season's been. Um, again, they're sitting at 14 points as well. They're ahead of Everton because of one goal. Uh, so, uh, David Moyes, I would say is a guy to keep your eye on, but I would probably lean towards Frank Lamp. Well, I don't know. I just don't know. That's how long has he been at West Ham, Chris? Uh, like time. Since five when? years. Yeah. I didn't say, but he's been there for 
a number of years, maybe the entire time we've been watching. Uh, yeah. He was like at United for like eight months and then he went to West Ham after that. Yeah. Um, I had, I had Lampard as being the next one. I think it's such, again, this, this world cup season makes things really fascinating. Um, you have teams like wolves, Southampton, um, who have made manage Oh, Aston Villa. They've made managerial changes before the world cup. And now are going to get, um, you know, six weeks with their squad to make, to embed their system. And so in some ways it feels like, you know, the fact that Jesse Marsh, David Moyes, um, and Frank Lampard have retained their jobs it feels like they'll they'll have a decently long leash after the World Cup, but um, and if they don't, then it's really short sighted by those boards not to make the change now. Like, if Wolves beat Everton on Boxing Day, does that send does that send Lampard packing? You know, West Ham starts right off the bat with Arsenal. That's going to be a tough match for them. Like. What do these play? What do these managers need to do to 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 keep their jobs? I have a question. Since this is um, the World Cup break and it doesn't usually occur at this point, um, are the managers allowed to work out with their club members who are not off for their national teams? Yes, and There's we'll no get to that. No, they will be full. Like uh, Wolves, Wolves announced officially uh, Yulin Lopetegui today. So he, this was his first day on the job and he'll have the next basically six weeks to work with, with the players who aren't going to the world cup. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump again uh, now to the world cup. And again, this is pretty unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this. And so it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. So I have a couple questions for you guys. Um, for us all to an answer. And my first question is which team is going to benefit the most from the world cup? Andy's shaking his head. He has I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> Chris, which team do you think, do you have any idea? Who's going to struggle the most because of the world cup? I am. Can I just say nobody? Maybe Chelsea if I had to pick because they're not playing great and they have a pretty decent amount of guys who are going off and playing in this thing. Um, but it's like the teams that have the most are, you know, City has a lot, their entire squad basically. <laughs> but like they're so freaking good, I don't feel like it's really going to affect them. And then United's got 14, but same thing there. Like it's a talent thing i mean i guess you know the, i mean i think that's part of the, the part of the debate is yeah on the one hand you have guys who aren't going to get rest over the next six weeks on the other hand players who will they're going to be game ready right they won't have sat for six weeks playing or just practicing although some yeah. of the squads i've heard are planning some friendly matches so i've heard um, I don't remember who it was who announced it a few weeks ago. Maybe Crystal Palace, I think, was planning on a friendly. Well, like even United's got friendly scheduled. 
Yeah. So yeah. they're going to keep working out their players and, but it's still not the same as playing premier league matches. And these guys are going to be playing at right. top, top, the top highest level. Right. Right. So. And we, we kind of just saw it. Remember when the queen died, um, it's fresh in my mind just because United ended up having a month off and they came back. Their first match was against city and they got trounced in the first half. Um, you know, having a break and only being able to practice is not a beneficial thing. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe city will come back firing. Yeah. Um, or they'll come back with 16 players who got injured. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing that's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to see players getting injured and city has quite a handful of Brazilians. And so, um, and a lot of people think Brazil is going to go pretty far. So, um, that, that will have an, an effect on these teams. I, th I agree. I think Chelsea is, I think Chelsea is in bad for poor form. Now, I think having 12 players gone, I think they're going to really be affected. Um, and I honestly, I think it, I think it could really affect Tottenham too. I think, uh, it Tottenham's actually been playing all right. And this isn't a great time to have a break. And we kind of alluded to it earlier. I think Newcastle, you know, you, whenever you're, when you're firing on all cylinders and, and winning, you don't want to break from playing. And though Newcastle doesn't have many players going, uh, I think only five, they, are going to, I think you just don't want the break happening when you're, when you're on a roll. For sure. Any teams that you think, I mean, maybe, maybe you can't answer this one either, but who do you think will benefit the most from, from the world cup break? I, I mean, this has nothing to do with players going and more just there's about to be a six week break for a lot of these clubs. I got the first thing that comes to my mind is wolves and getting healthy. You know, I, I would imagine some of their guys are going to return as soon as this tournament's over and hopefully look better on the pitch than they have. I mean, they're not gonna look worse. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually know if any of our injured players are going to come back because most of them are done for the season. Um, no, yeah, you guys had like ACL tears and things yeah, like that. The, so. the stronger argument is they only have four players going. Um, and they've got this new manager coming in who gets to embed his system basically into the first team for the next six weeks. And so, um, and they can't get worse. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like you get a restart and a refresh and it can only, it can only be helpful. So I think, I think, uh, I've got two teams. I think Southampton, uh, they only have one player at the world cup and they have a new manager. And so kind of the same argument with wolves. Um, I think it can't hurt them. Like they're going to get to embed whatever system this manager wants to, wants to run with. And he basically is working with their full squad. And the other team is Liverpool. Liverpool has been so inconsistent. They've had a lot of injuries and they have injuries of players who are coming back. Um, or who theoretically could be back. Um, plus Mo Salah, he hasn't been great this season and he's not playing. Egypt didn't make it. And so uh, I think Liverpool, I think Liverpool will really benefit from this break. What if uh, the United States busted out the little known player 
named Martin Sale, who happens to look just like Mohamed Salah. I heard I heard he's coming up through their ranks. No? I have no idea what you're talking about. Martin Sale. Not he's not Mohamed Salah. It's Martin Sale. Got it. He's, he's American. Martin Sale, the American. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, okay, kind of along that same line, I want you guys to make some predictions on which I want you to put your name on this, which teams are going to move up or which team is going to move up the most positions on the table from now until the end of the season and which team is going to drop the most positions in the table, basically from boxing day till the end of the season. Okay. I think the team that is going to move up the most will be wolves. Team that I think is going to drop the most is Bournemouth. Okay. Are we putting numbers on this? Because I got Bournemouth dropping the most too. We're not putting numbers. We're just making. Okay. Um, I think Bournemouth's going to drop as many as they can, which is one, two, three, four, (laughs) five, six spots. Um, Which precludes me from choosing Arsenal because I think they're going to drop a little bit. They can't move up. Um, I don't think they're going to drop the most, though. Um, Moving up the most, I think, will be uh, Crystal Palace, just because I think they're better than what they are and they have the most space to move up. Yeah, Crystal Palace is... 11th right now yeah i think they're better than that great uh chris i also think wolves maybe i'm a hopeless optimist and so i and i really i really think um lapategi is the real deal he's he's a top top level manager he managed spain's national team um so i i think he's gonna i think he's gonna do some stuff and theoretically they are going to spend a little money in the winter. They need at least one striker, if not two, um, unless they can reverse their loan move for Fabio Silva. Um, but going down, I think Fulham is going to drop the most post world cup. Ooh, spend the first part praising them. Second part, ashing them their brains in. Gotcha. That's right. I still don't think they're that good, but we'll see. I could be wrong. And I have been wrong. I've been mostly wrong this season. So <laughs> have a lot of $1 bets lost to prove it. Well, rounding out this World Cup prediction or pre- World Cup podcast, I want us to make some predictions. Uh, who Who's going to win? Guys, that's it. That's all I'm asking for. Who's, gonna, who's going to win the World Cup? What team is Holland on? Uh, a team that's not in it. Yeah. Uh, did you? Okay. So real quick, speaking of that, did you see that there was a club? I don't know where they were from, but they offered Manchester City a 28 day loan package, trying to get Holland to come there for 28 days. Oh, that is awesome! That's brilliant. <laughs> that is I meant, brilliant. I meant to send that to you guys. 
I'll have to find it and send it over because I can't remember which team it was oh, or where that they is, were playing. That's very <laughs> creative. Well done. How much? Uh, who's the favorite? Brazil. Obviously. I'm sorry. So here, here's your top five favorites, according right. to the betting world. Brazil, then USA. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, actually, USA is first. They're actually heavy, heavy favorites. Min- so. Minus 200. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Brazil has the best odds um, at four to one. Argentina comes in at five and a half to one. France at six to one. Spain at seven and a half to one. And then England at eight to one are your top five um, odds. All right. Where's Germany on there? Do you know? They're sixth. Okay. 10 to one for Germany. All right. Let's go Germans. Are you taking Germany? I'm going to just out of, I mean, my last name is Heflick. <laughs> Good reason. Yeah. Who are you taking, Nate? I'm taking France. I think France is going to win it. Not a bad choice. No Pogba, so that is a positive for them. <laughs> I'm suddenly, I'm suddenly getting very excited about it. I was, uh, it's been so long, and all of a sudden, just thinking about a uh, France won it last time, right? Yeah, yeah, and just remembering how good that team was. Uh, wow, I'm suddenly getting very excited for the World Cup right now. So I'm trying to figure out. I can't pick Brazil. They're gonna play Fred, and no team that plays Fred <laughs> deserves to win the World Cup. <laughs> Um, Argentina is the next favorite. I really like Argentina's kits. They're like super classic kit. Very fun. Um, but I think Messi's getting a little old and I'm not so sure that he's going to be able to hold up for the whole tournament. Um, gosh, Mbappe in France is, is such a good pick, Nate. Um, how's about... You know what's funny is I would actually pick England if they had a different manager. I don't think Southgate has any idea what he's doing. And most of the over the the pond people I talk to hate him and talk yeah. about how terrible he is. So um, how about all of that to say I am going to take Sorry, I have no idea who I'm going to take. <laughs> I wanted to say Portugal because I love Bruno Fernandes and all the Wolves players that will be there. But they also have that shitty guy named Ronaldo, and I just can't do anything positive for Ronaldo right now. So I can't pick Portugal. Um, all right. I am going to say I'm going to shock the world. England's going to win this thing. Wow. England. Oh. Honestly, I would not. I have this weird feeling about our group. I have this weird feeling about our group that England or USA and maybe both are not going to get out of it. Oh no. I I feel like it's going to be one of those really weird ass ones where Iran beats us, us draws with Wales and then us beat England, England draw. And then somehow Iran, Iran and Wales are through. So I have this weird, I have this weird feeling about that group. I, I that would, would be insane. I would stay away from those, from those teams. I think you, I think obviously England is super talented and is able, I think us, it's a diff, disappointment if they don't make it through, but I just, I don't know. I have a weird, I have a weird feeling. Um, well, neither us or England, 
in the in the matches leading up to the World Cup, both England and the United States looked like shit. And what, yeah. whether that plays out going into it, but I mean, we'll find out in a week or so too. But um, yeah, I've got a weird feeling about that group. Well, from a betting standpoint, Wales is the current betting favorite to beat out the U.S. to get out of the group. Yeah, that's not surprising. And for all of you degenerates out there, the United States is currently sitting at 150 to one to win the whole tournament. Will never happen. Not this time. That's why it's fun to bet on it. That's right. The one I just want to get, if you guys have one of these teams locked and loaded, then go for it. But I have a sleeper team that I think is going to, is going to do really well. And that sleeper team is Senegal. Oh, I was going to say Canada. I don't think Canada is not a bad shout. Um, From a sleeper standpoint, Canada is a, a good sleeper. Senegal's, you know, they're, what is that? 90 to one to win this thing. They're like the 12th best odds. They've just got such a good, I mean, they have, they have t- players a lot. Of, they have actually a lot of Premier League players, a lot of players I know. So maybe that's part of it. But Sadio Mane, uh, Koulibaly, Edward Mendy as keeper, Ismail Asar. Like, I don't know. There's just something about this squad that I think they'll do. And there always seems to be an African team that that does well. And And I think they're in Group A. And that's a really weak group. And so I think they can get out of that group probably not winning it. I think Netherlands is also in there, but um, potentially so. Well, as we speak, I just put $10 on USA to win it. So (laughs) pace 1500. It's a bad $10 spent. I like it. Guys, we are going to skip all the other stuff we normally do and just go straight to best bet. Um, Chris. Yo, take it away. Yeah. Uh, so we had someone actually two someone's who, uh, got their picks right last week three. Very, or three, three, three someone's. someone's. I take it back. Sorry. Three someone's. Um, so shame on you, Andrew, for not joining the winning side this week. Um, you should be, feel very bad about yourself and your pick of Southampton plus 1000 to, to win that. Um, and Kyle, Kyle lost. He took Leeds plus 440. Um, that didn't cash, but we had three winners. So uh, Tim took Liverpool with uh, the highest odds, but he still won almost $25. Congratulations, Tim. Uh, Nate, you brought in $130 taking Newcastle. Congratulations. Oh. And I finally got a win. I, it's been a long time. I won week one. <laughs> And I haven't won since week one. So this is, this is, very solid. <laughs> this is this is super solid for me to pull this one out. Uh, I had Leicester City over West Ham on the road and they did it and they won me $270. So I am back down below negative a thousand for the first time in a little while. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, going into um, our boxing day matchup, because that's all that the odds are out there for. Uh, we have Tim taking Liverpool again at minus 155. So he's looking at pulling in, you know, somewhere around like 
$55 if he wins that bet, somewhere in that range, $45 if he wins. Um, and then uh, Kyle is taking an Everton versus Wolves draw at plus 230. Not a bad bet. Those are pretty solid odds. Uh, so if he wins that, he gets $230. Nate and I are actually tailing each other this week. So, Nate, who are you taking? I am taking Wolves. I am trusting the new manager bounce. I'm hoping that that new manager bounce counts for Premier League matches because Wolves actually have a match before that in the Carabao Cup against Gillingham. And I'm hoping we don't waste our new manager bounce on a team that neither of you have heard of. Yeah, and I'm following that. I like Wolves coming out of the break. Um, I hope they don't lose to Gilliam and they use the game against Gilliam to mesh as a team and play better. Um, but yeah, I like those Wolves plus 220 odds against another team that's not doing so great. So anytime you can get decent odds against where a team's playing a, a low ranking team, I feel like you got to just kind of jump on it and see what happens. So, uh, Andrew, who are you taking, buddy? I decided to cement my new uh, fandom by just go ahead and taking a Tottenham to win on the road. Nice. And they're a plus 105 yeah. on that, which anytime you're getting Tottenham, uh, who are they playing in that game? Brentford. Um, Brentford, yeah. Yeah. So anytime you can get a top five team playing a, you know, middle of the tier team and getting a, a plus on it. It's pretty solid. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Well, that, that catches us up on best bets. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Um, match of the week is more than a month away. There are so many fun matches that are going to be happening over the next six weeks as we watch uh, the world cup. But I did look all the way ahead. So for those who might uh, listen to this right before the World Cup and, or right after the World Cup ends, the Carabao Cup that I just mentioned, that is December 20th through 22nd. I believe the World, I believe the World Cup final is the 18th. So if anyone's playing in that, they got to turn around and come back and play their Carabao Cup matches. Um, and City plays Liverpool. So that's a great way to kick back off um, – Premier League or English football play post World Cup. And then uh, on Boxing Day, I did pick Brentford versus Tottenham. There are not very many good matches, but I guess that's the best one. There's, there's nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking through it. Liverpool, Aston Villa might be the two closest together. No, Wolves and Everton. Probably. Wolves and Everton. There it is. But that's it. No one wants to watch that. Right. I do. I have a best bet pick on it. I do too. And there might be. <laughs> I'm for sure watching it. Yeah, it's uh, that's an interesting, interesting little uh, comeback schedule in there. I, I think the match to kind of keep your eye on is Leicester Newcastle. Yeah, Leicester's been playing well lately. I think that's a good shout. Yeah. James Madison has been on fire lately. Dude, yeah. And Miguel Almiron for, for Newcastle has been out of control. So yeah. those are great, great players. Great. That that would be a fun match to watch. Well, gentlemen, that's it. We're not gonna be on here together for 
uh, a while. Maybe if Wolves or Wolves, gosh, maybe if US advances uh, to the round of 16, maybe we'll we'll do like a mid World Cup uh, episode. But we can have like the breaking news music. Don't count on it. Don't count on it. Or if I don't recover from this illness, you can have a very special tribute. Love a tribute episode. (laughs) All of Andrew's best hits with really sad music in the background. And I will for sure be pouring out a 40 of OE for you. See you at the crossroads. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Well, with that, gentlemen, uh, good night. Good night. Lasers out. Out of darkness cometh light.